0: Romans chapter 5. That's where we're going. Just want want to share today on the topic of reigning in life. Romans chapter 5. Start there. Try to get a bit of an understanding. Quite obviously, not going to cover everything that the Bible talks about when it comes to reigning in life. Just a few things, but uh, some place to start anyway. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more, being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the Atonement. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For till a law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned, after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace which is by one man, Jesus Christ hath abounded unto on many. One man led to many being sinners, and then many offenses on the one man led to many being righteous. It's, it's, so the gift is different from the offense. Verse 16, And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. You know, it's as it's a good a section as any to talk about the, a summary of the work of Jesus Christ. If you look at the contrast here, there's quite a stark contrast. We go from reign of death, the old life, dead where we were dead, sinners, headed for wrath, enemies, separated, judgment unto condemnation, and under the bondage of sin. Two, reigning in life, loved, justified, saved from wrath, reconciled to God, saved by His life, joy in God, received the atonement, given life under abundance of grace, made righteous, and received eternal life. That's quite a contrast. That's just that section in Romans that talks about And the work of Jesus Christ, how we went from what we were to what we now are. And here God says that because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, that we should reign in life. We should be reigning in this life. Um, Let's take a look. at. I want to look at a few aspects of what that can possibly mean to us in this life. In Acts chapter 13. The work of Jesus Christ was very different from anything that had ever been done before for man. In, verse, in Acts chapter 13, verse 39, talking about Jesus Christ, and it says, By Him all that believe are justified, just like we read, from all things, from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. So what Jesus Christ did for man is greater than anything that could have been done in the past. Justify from all things. And that couldn't happen before until Jesus Christ came. So it ought to give us a new look, a new look at the life that we now live. Look at um, John chapter 1 also along these lines. John chapter 1. Verse 17, we just read about the law. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Well, was there grace in the Old Testament? Yeah. Was there truth in the Old Testament? Yes. Here it says grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, even greater And all that was available in the Old Testament, just along the lines that, you know, from the things you couldn't be justified by Moses, Jesus Christ made available. There was grace and truth, but with Jesus Christ came grace and truth. Real grace. I mean, even greater grace and truth. Not that the grace in the Old Testament wasn't real. It was very real. But even greater through Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 6. Romans, good for us, Some you know, in our day-by-day thinking, always to remember all that Jesus Christ has accomplished for us and what that means to us in our day-by-day life and the things that we do every day. In Romans chapter 6, verse 1, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know you not that so many of us as were baptized unto Jesus, into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death? You know, someone was praying before by our identification with Christ. Identification with Him. Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death that like us Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so we also should walk in newness of life here you know God tells us in chapter 5 we're, we're to reign in life and here he says walk in newness of life now he asks the question shall we sin could you sin or oh, everybody could should raise their hands really high very quickly on that one right yeah of course you could but that's not who you are anymore. That's the point. That's not who you are. In fact, before we were under the bondage of sin, but we are released, released from that by what Jesus Christ did. Now we can still sin, but that's not reigning in life. That's not newness of life because that's not who we are anymore. We're no longer the people we used to be. And, and our lives need to reflect that. day by day if we're going to reign in this life if we're going to live the newness of life that is in Jesus Christ verse 15 the same chapter while we're here what then shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace God forbid in other words that no (laughs) it's not a good thing to do 1 John chapter 3 you know just some things that we're so blessed with, because of what Jesus Christ did. Again, you know all these truths. First John chapter three, verse one. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed on us, upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. You know, it always reminds me of those thing, thing that Paul said in Galatians. You know, he's dead to the world, and the world is dead to him. The world knoweth us not. Sons and daughters of the living God. I, you know, some, it's hard to get your mind around that sometimes. But you know, talk about a time and where, you know, especially the adolescents of this world are seeking for purpose and for identity and who they are and the meaning of life, you may even say. Well, how about being the son or daughter of the living God? If I can't wake up every morning and at least have a sense of my purpose in this life, and the great love that has been given to me by the work of Jesus Christ, by knowing that I'm a son or a daughter of God, where else can I find a greater purpose? Is there anywhere else? The answer to that is no. <laughs> just in case you're wondering. You know, what great purpose? Just, just, to, just to know that you're a son or a daughter of God. Every single day you have a father that loves you greatly. And he had his son die for you. Talk about identity. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Reigning in life by the work of Jesus Christ. Here's a wonderful one. In Hebrews 2, verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. There's a bondage. Maybe we've seen in the past few years, what fear of death can do to people. And here it says Jesus Christ rescued us from that. Death is not, an, not a friend, is it? No, it's an enemy. The Bible says it's an enemy. But we've been, we've been rescued from the fear of it. We don't, you know, I mean, walk around every, oh, I can't, you know, I don't know, hope I don't die today. hope I don't, you know, you don't live that way in life. We don't live that way. We've been rescued from that. And that is a very real fear that many people live in. It drives them to do all kinds of ridiculous things. Whereas the Bible says Jesus Christ took care of that. We ought to be able to reign in that area of life without being afraid of that. We don't embrace it. We don't like it. But we're not afraid of it. That's not the way God would have you live your life. That's not the way He that's not reigning in life. In fact, He even tells us in Thessalonians, we don't sorrow like others do when someone does pass away or fall asleep. Because we know what's coming, we know where we're going. That should should release us from so many of the burdens of life that so many people carry. Just to know that very simple truth. But only if we think about it day by day. Okay, let's go to Romans, back to Romans, chapter 8, Romans, chapter 8, and in verse 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Now it's an interesting verse because all those things that are listed there, could those come your way and our way? Absolutely. It doesn't say that those things are not going to necessarily come our way, but they could come our way. Yeah, they could. Verse 36, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Now these things can come our way, but I am persuaded (laughs) that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, or any other creature. Now these are things that... Could cause trouble to people in life. And he even mentions death there again. And all the things that are associated with the things that happen in life. All those things could cause trouble to the Christian believer. Couldn't they? But the the word of God says that we're to reign in this life. And by what Jesus Christ has done here again. Look at look what it says here. It says, I am persuaded. And let's verse uh, 39. Verse 39 nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So yeah, those things could very likely happen to us in life and come our way. But even in the midst of all that, never separated from God's great love, never outside of His love, never outside of His protection, never outside of His blessings, never ever removed from the identity and purpose we have as sons and daughters of God. You know, uh, I'm sure you see people out there struggling for identity. You know what's, why am I here? Where am I going? You know what's the point of all this? And how can I live to be 300 years old by putting my brain in a computer or whatever things are trying to do in life? You know all those things struggling where God's simply laid it out. I'm your father, this is your Lord. you're my child. We're going to be together forever. You know, nothing can separate you from me. And it goes on and on. Look at Hebrews chapter 6, please. This should allow us to reign in life. And not to be burdened down and pressured by the things that the world finds themselves pressured by regularly. This should allow us to reign in life. It should allow us to wake up in the morning with maybe a little bit of joy. You know, despite what might be going on in the world around us, it ought to allow us to have a little bit of joy and to be able to to share that with other people. Say, well, why are you that way? But if I'm just like everybody else and say, well, you look kind of burdened down and the world's kind of beating you down and all that, well, I'm not really embracing the newness of life that God has given me, am I? In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto us, unto the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. An anchor of the soul, great words, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, that inner part where God exists. Whether the forerunner is again here is here is the here's the here's the one who made this possible. Whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made in high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. What a wonderful blessing. Not everybody has this. We do. An anchor of the soul. Remember what an anchor is for? I'm not a sailor, but I think I have an understanding what an anchor is for. Anchors are used for two things, You know, maybe more. I don't know, maybe they use them for battle, I don't know. But one of the things an anchor is used for is to make sure that you don't get... Dashed upon the rocks when the when the winds are stormy and rough. So they 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 put in. Remember, we see that in Acts 26, 27 when Paul's on his journey, they drop the anchors in the middle of a storm to make sure that the winds and storms of life don't cause you to be destroyed. The Bible says our hope of the Lord Jesus Christ is that anchor that prevents us from being destroyed by the storms of life. Because we know where we're going. Death is not something we're afraid of. And the things that come our way, the famines and pestilences and all the other things in the world that can possibly happen, we know we're, we're not going to get separated from God. So that anchor, that hope keeps us from being... The other thing the anchor for is for is that when when they they come into port and it's calm that you, you put the anchor down so you don't just drift off to sea by the gentle persuasion of currents and things because there's a lot of things in the world that will cause you to drift away well the hope again prevents us from doing that the hope of, of Jesus Christ's return and all that that means to us it's an anchor for our soul that ought to lead, allow us to reign in life shouldn't it certainly should Look at Ephesians chapter 1, please. We have to go to Ephesians. We'll close out in Ephesians here. Just look at a few verses. Ephesians. It's good to remember, you know, that we're not who we used to be. And sometimes that also helps us to understand where people are at in the world. Because if they don't have all these blessings, if they don't know what Jesus Christ has done, then you can get an understanding of where they might be at. And the kind of things that they're worried. Maybe they are afraid of death. Maybe they have no identity. Maybe they have no purpose. Maybe there's no meaning in their life. And you can say, well, let me tell you about Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what He's done for you. In Ephesians 1.8. Being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who work of all things after the counsel of His own will, given an inheritance. You know, you could you could have an inheritance in this life. You could you could make you know be given fifty trillion dollars as part of your inheritance. That's only going to last for the duration of your life here. This inheritance we're talking about is for eternity. It doesn't get any better than that, and God just gave you the best thing He could possibly give an inherit we have an inheritance, you know, and you know so regardless of what happens here in this life, we know where we're going, we know where things are going, we know what God has done for us. You know, and there are some who say, well, you shouldn't be thinking about the things ahead to motivate you to do the things that are do, done, done here. You should just do it out of, you know, uh, personal goodwill. Well, that's fine if you want to say that. Uh, forgive me if I choose to accept the motivation of God's Word instead. What God's Word tells me to be motivated by. And he says we have an inheritance. What a blessing that God would do that. Look at uh, chapter 2. We're here in Ephesians few more verses. And then we'll have covered every verse on many in life. No. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you, you who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Another reminder of where people might be at, where we used to be at. But God, verse 4, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. Hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now that's a lot different than where we used to be. Do you think maybe being seated together in Christ at God's right hand should allow us to reign in life? I think so. You know, what what greater purpose can you find for your life than to than to be seated at God's right hand with the Lord with, with Christ Jesus and to know that you're a child a loved child that has an inheritance he loves you so much you're part of the greatest family on the face of the earth and he's given you an inheritance for eternity look at verse 7 that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace but this is I can't get my head around it you know Back in Genesis, it talks about Noah finding grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then later it talks, and then we just read today, it said grace, real grace came by Jesus Christ. And now here it says that He's going to show us the riches of His grace in the ages to come. You talk about being blessed. What's lacking? Is there anything lacking in our lives? Has He left anything out is there any other sense of purpose that you find is lacking that God has not supplied by the work of Jesus Christ? Well, the world is looking for purpose. They're looking for meaning. They're constantly start searching for it. And here you are with the simple truths of what Jesus Christ has done to lay it out in a platter say, Look, this is who Jesus Christ is and this is what He has done for you. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. And in chapter 3, verse 14, leaves you only just want to pray. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. You know, I can't even understand that. Be filled with all the fullness of God. Look at how much God has done for you and me in Jesus Christ to the point that, you know, just to be, even sit around for a while and think about what it means to be filled with all the fullness of God. We'll close in chapter 4, verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vacation wherewith you are called. You know, and again, that's just one verse there. That, that same truth is echoed many times throughout the epistles. That we know what we've been given in Jesus Christ and Christ Jesus, what we've been given in Him. Now all, our, our, our goal, our job is to now walk that way is to talk that way is to encourage others that way is to recognize that we reign in life that we have a newness of life that we're not who we used to be but many around us are how we used to be so it gives us an understanding of where they might be at maybe they're afraid of the things that we used to be afraid of and if, those, if we're still afraid of those things we need to get back to look at what Jesus Christ has done and if we still think we don't have purpose, well let's go back go back and look at all the verses and see what he's done for us. Then we can share with others, listen, I know you might be trying to find meaning and purpose in this, this or the other thing, but let me show you where true meaning, where true hope, true grace, true purpose and identity lie in the work of Jesus Christ. Maybe we can help others and guide them a little bit to show them how they too can reign in life, live a newness of life, all that God has intended for His people. Okay, that's it. God bless.